But we keep putting ourselves in this cycle of going to a higher level. And every time you go to a higher level, there's going to be a dip. There's going to be a dip in money. There's going to be a dip in inspiration because the idea is exciting. Mm -hmm. But once you start getting into it, now it's more stress, less time, less money, more aggravation. And then you got to still run whatever you're running right now. But that going to another level, people think that scaling is going up like that. Scaling is like... (laughs) Way down. Dip. Let's let's lay a foundation, and this is where it sucks, and then we slowly build up, and at least we have a stronger foundation to build off of. But entrepreneurship is stressful, and my my tone has changed from when I first started with the Sleep Is for Suckers brand. Mm-hmm. I'm like, everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. Everybody should build a business. Now, though, I think it's still true. I don't think everybody needs to build something for success. I think someone needs to build something just to get out there and just have fun and a hobby with no pressure. You already got your job. It ain't about making money. It's about doing something cool. I think there are some people that should do that. And for the crazy people like you and I, you got to go after or you're not going to fulfill, be feel fulfilled your whole life. And so then you have to ask yourself, is ambition worth it? Like when we are, you know, looking for someone else to date and we have all these prerequisites, like I want a man or I want a woman who is this and this. Oh, and they got to be ambitious. Mm -hmm. Ambition can keep you broke for a while, for a long while. Ambition can keep you stressed out for a long while. Ambition can keep you really busy for a long while. And so you, you have to ask yourself, is ambition really worth it to you? Like, is the risk greater than, is the reward greater than the risk? Yeah. Right? It was the question that I asked on one of my posts. Let's say you have children, small children, and you haven't accomplished this financial success that you desire. Do you front load the work, activity, and risk some of those formidable years. It's a formidable, formative, formative years of your child where you got this baby, but people say, yo, when you have kids, it make you go harder. Well, do you go harder and miss those first few years that you'll never, ever get back? You want to miss the first steps? Me and Dre are sitting in the room yesterday, saw him seven months, and he's he's been like, he'll stand up on stuff, grab stuff, or he'll stand up and like just kind of fall down, but he stood up for like eight seconds mm. on his own. And we're like, oh my gosh. Trey's like, get the phone, get the phone, get the phone. We're recording it. And at that moment, I said, whoa, I was here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was here. I saw it. Yeah. And that felt so good for me, yeah. right? But the question remains is, do you miss all of that stuff and go after it? So maybe by the time the kid is 10, 12, you, they're, they're at a point where you can provide for them and you can teach them and maybe you can spend more time with them now, but you kind of forfeit those first years or you front load them with love and you spend as much time with your kids as possible. And maybe after they get out of the, out of the house 18 years later, then you go hard. How do you instill a goal into someone else? Yeah. Especially even like people that work for you or uh, anybody ever try to do a business with your friends and they with it for them first couple hours Hours. How how do you instill a vi- how do you cast a vision? Yeah, and get someone else to buy into that vision. So, generally speaking, um, with Dej, my daughter's name is Deja. I did not give her this goal. Right. What I did was gave her a part time job. 
and I allowed her to also get other jobs. She's worked for, you know, Chick-fil-A and the ice cream shop and Dick's Sporting Goods. I allowed her to go out into the world and see the difference. See how hard you work for someone else, how hard you work here, pick your heart, right? And over years, as she's matured, like I was really, really intentional about not telling her so much that I wanted to build a family business because I didn't want her to feel obligated to it. But when we started to have the conversation about college, uh, she did not know, she had no clue what she wanted to major in. And I suggested to her that in this day and age, marketing will always be an essential skill. And she's really, really great at you know paying attention to the details and the analytics and things like that. So we chose that. And then as she started to perform in my company, I let her know that it was an option. It was available. And when she also saw that I hired my cousin to come in and do some work, I believe she got more excited. She, she, it was less pressure. Uh, in the beginning, she was working with just very grown adults, adults that are my age. But now that I'm building a team that's more youthful, I just put her in the environment. I put Brianna, my cousin, who is my assistant, in the environment, and I'm allowing them to select and solidify their position. They are communicating to me that they want to help me build this to an eight-figure and beyond brand. And I am answer. I'm here. Like, let's do it. Now, if they decide that they don't want to, I have other family. I am really thinking this out in real time. I only bought another car. Mm-hmm. In 2020, I think, at the end of 2020, because of your pressure, <laughs> Donnie, you don't look out. You don't look like you out here getting money in your Chevy. You ain't getting no money Chevy in that. Wasn't Donnie Wiggins? <laughs> it wasn't. You, you ain't getting no money in the Chevy. <laughs> so I literally go and buy a Mercedes. When I went the other day and bought that Mercedes, or a couple of weeks ago and bought that Mercedes, I'm like, David's gonna be proud. Yeah. And that drink was Donnie Wiggins too. <laughs> because the Mercedes that I bought, y'all, still wasn't me, but I still I was still operating in fear mm-hmm. from that place. I actually didn't even go to buy that particular car for myself when I bought it at the end of 2020. I went to go buy my daughter a car for her 18th birthday. No, it was for Christmas. I went to go buy her a car and the deciding factor for me to get one was the salesperson was like, oh, so are you trading in the Chevy? And I'm like, oh, no, that's my car. <laughs> and he's like, wait, so your daughter is going to be riding in a Benz and you're going to be still riding in, in the Chevy that I've never seen that happen. That's right. really he was like, that's really generous of you. And I literally you probably flash through my mind like. David is going to clown me. I would have. He's going to clown me if I make this decision. So I ended up buying two cars mm-hmm. and I thought I was doing something. Like I got her the entry level SUV mm-hmm. and I got me the one step above yeah. that SUV and I'm riding like I got my little Benz. <laughs> I'm doing something. And I pull up to the e-complex and David was like, oh, this is nice. It's nice. It's nice. Compared to the Chevy, it was nice. It was an upgrade. It was an upgrade. For sure. Yeah, it was an upgrade. But I felt like I needed to, you know, what's crazy is I was so scared to buy those cars. And the fear was because I've had two vehicles repossessed. Mm. Right. Um, trauma. Hmm? Trauma. Trauma. Got vehicle trauma. I have I have expensive things that are unpaid off trauma. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's not just vehicle trauma. So it was like, you know, for example, when I went and bought this watch, I had the option to put this on a credit card, yeah. but I have trauma associated with remembering 
charging things up. And when when the recession happened way back when losing all my income and I couldn't make those credit card payments. So I don't know if you remember, but I actually went to the bank and I came back with twenty three thousand dollars in the envelope. Remember, we looked online and saw how much it would cost. And I came back with that amount in a zippy bag from the bank. And we went to the Rolex place and and actually you put it on your credit card. Yes. And I gave you the money. I wanted to point. Hold on. Reese, was it? We're good? Okay, I, I don't know. We're always good here. It's full transparency with Donnie Wiggins, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Yo, my mind and content, you're it's on, always You're in production. I went, to, uh, I, I, I went to EYL studio and I found myself like, uh, hey, that light, if you don't, I'm like, yo, let me stop. Let yeah. Me, okay. We have a different process here. Reese signals me very differently mm-hmm. on this set. Yeah. Okay. But I say that to say, um, I remember you wanted the point, so I gave you the cash. But for me, I had to pay it off and be done because yeah. I own it. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a, there's, and, and so I was traumatized even in real estate. Like when my house that I worked so hard to buy when I was 24 years old, I bought a really big, beautiful home and then I would go later to lose it before I was 30 years old maybe at 30 years old right so I lost this house and I realized like I don't own shit Mm. I didn't own anything you don't own this home until you pay this freaking mortgage off if you fall upon a hard time you can be foreclosed on as quickly as you can be evicted from an apartment like I got a house thinking nobody could ever take this away from me and the first thing that they came and took from me (laughs) What's my house? That was the first thing to go. In fact, my cars were out for repossession and they had foreclosed on the home. I had already gone to move with my mom. The car that they were coming to get, I just parked that thing at the house and I called at the house that they had foreclosed on. Like, look, y'all go pick that thing up. Oh my God. Because it's it's a wrap. So, yes, I have trauma um, associated to things that I don't own in full. Yeah. But where I was going with that. Okay. So I'm at Houston's eating, you know, one of my favorite spots and the sales manager that I've now been working with for years. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations or multiple systems on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Over at Mercedes, <laughs> you know, because now we have a relationship. He calls me and he is like, um, hey, you want to come and test drive this brand new Mercedes? The uh, what do you call it? The EV, EV the yeah. electric vehicle. And I'm like, sure, I don't have anything to do. So I just roll over to Mercedes and he's like, I'm, I, I get in the car and I'm like, this is like a, this is like a S550. He's like, yes, yeah, the, it's the electric version of that car. And I'm like, this is nice. Beautiful and he's like, you want to test drive it? I said, no, I just want to buy it. <laughs> I had no fear associated with getting that car. And for me in that moment, it was like, wow. Yeah, you've like, grown up. Congratulations. You've released man. a little trauma. Let's go. You know what I mean? As far as on yourself. You deserve it too. You work yeah. really, really hard. And you take care of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that you take care of you too. Yeah. I'm learning that. So Yeah. That is that is true. I don't even own my own home. I bought my mom a home. Yeah. But I don't own a home. And I I really am the person who does for myself last. Yeah, yeah. I do. So I felt really that was the first vehicle that I've purchased since the success has happened that I, I bought just because I wanted to. Gotcha. And I, I haven't driven, I kept my truck. I haven't driven that thing in, in three weeks now, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to, Okay, okay. I'm going gotcha. to, yeah, I'm going to. And I think somebody is thinking, Oh wow, I'm going to be more transparent with my audience. How many people was thinking that? But I think the first thing you have to do is be comfortable in your own skin. You have to look at yourself and be transparent to yourself. There are many, many faults that I see when I look in the mirror. And every day I get more and more comfortable with them. Every day I get more and more comfortable. With I, there are some, I've, I have a real challenge retaining information. So I was just talking to Marlon earlier today and he was like, yo, I'm thinking about getting in trading. And I'm like, yo, you got the brain to do that. Like trading, like trading stocks and options or crypto, whatever, right? I said, I don't have that. He was like, well, you don't have it or you don't want to do it. I'm like, bro, I ain't got it. 
Mm-mm. Everything I've learned is through practical application. I can't just like read it or like watch it and learn it and then apply it. I can't, right? So someone, I remember somebody, somebody, yo, stop saying you can't. I'm like, yo, I am comfortable in the stuff that I can't do. I'm really comfortable in the stuff that I can do. Not nervous coming out here to talk to y'all about entrepreneurship. This is me. I know, and I can trust Donnie. No matter what I say, she's going to piggyback. She knows she can start a conversation, and I can piggyback, but it's going to be from real-life experience. But I am comfortable being me. That's why I roast me so much. I, you know one of my biggest anxieties is, um, one, I always had, like, head issues. Because you don't grow hair anymore? or Well, it started when I was a child. So look at this. I got, like, a little peanut head. It's like a little dip right here. Oh. It is a dip. It's two of them. It's like a, it's a here and then. It's not just it's two one. though. If you look at it all from right, this. All okay. right, bro. All right, chill. So for a long time, I don't, I don't need you to piggyback on that. For a long time, that was an insecurity. And then my hairline starts to recede. And I'm like, wow, I'm really never going to get married at this rate. <laughs> but I just wore a hat on all the dates. And I had my wife fall in love with me first. And then one day I'm like. <laughs> you still love me. What I think is so crazy, though, we were literally just in the all dressing room. All right, all right, all right. We were, we were, <laughs> That's enough. We were literally just in the dressing room, and Dave goes in the mirror. He gets in the mirror, and he's no, no, like... No, 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 I'm not ready to share that just yet. He's like, look at my ears. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, do you notice anything about my ears? I'm like, well, they're really big, and they stick out. And he's like, no, it's not that. I'm like, oh. Do you notice? Then she started pointing out other stuff. Like, she's like, oh, what about the back looks real funny. I'm like, no, that's not it. I'm like, the back is really closely connected to your neck. And he's like, no, that's not it. I'm like, you don't have earring holes? He's like, no, that's not it. You really don't see it? I'm like, no, I don't see it. He's like, I've got hair growing out of my ears. See? It's my first time seeing it today, though. Like, well, it's it's, it's not my like, first time like, seeing it, but as you're talking about your hair... Are you going somewhere with this? I just find that it's so interesting. Listen, God will. You've probably been praying for hair. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be specific with the prayers. <laughs> you gotta be specific with the prayers, baby. <laughs> Transparency. Transparency. Reese, if you can, zoom in on that left ear. That's the heaviest growth Oh, my gosh. Side. Back to the lesson, okay? The lesson is. The lesson is be completely comfortable in your skin, yes. even if hair is growing on it out of order. Are you done? I'm done. Okay. Think about this in all seriousness. Um, and I know this for a fact because I teach a lot of people like in podcasting, what do you think one of the, f one of the uh, first reservations people have in podcasting is? What well, Their own voice. Mm. People hate hearing their own voice. And the fact that you don't like hearing yourself on a playback is one, you'll never get an opportunity to continue, to, like to practice being able to deliver a message. But two, there's so many people that will be, that will uh, uh, 
not get the information that you have because you don't like your own voice and you haven't embraced your own voice. The same voice that you hear all day, every day since you've been alive, that same voice. And most people don't realize is like everybody has their own tribe. Everybody has sheep that will only listen to their voice. You are a shepherd over some people, but they'll only listen to your voice. There are some people like, okay, we have a great podcast, right? But if you start a podcast, there's some people to say, yo, nope, I don't resonate with them. However, you, Marlon, you're just like me. Your sheep will listen to your voice. But the reason that most people will not succeed is because they don't like, they can't put the content out because they don't like hearing themselves. They're uncomfortable with their own voice. And how many other areas are you, are, are, are you holding back in because of something about you that you're not comfortable with? And operates her business. But your content has to happen one way or the other, period. So all this, my hair is not done. My hair not done. I got my hair done on Saturday. It's four days later. All right. My hair not done. We show up and we make money. Your makeup's not done. Show up. Your face breaking out. Show up. You don't know what to say. Say anything. This makes the difference. And this isn't just from 2020. Like this literally when I got on Facebook somewhere between 2008, 2010, this is on the other side of I had just lost everything. And here's this platform that allows you to just vent. Just say whatever you want to say. And I'm telling people like, because I have been known in my circle for being successful. How do you, how do you be, how, how do you create this massive amount of success, which was massive at that time for me? I was making like $250,000 a year, felt massive to me. How do you go from this person who has this amount of success? You're all the way up here. Everybody's celebrating you. Anytime I go to the reunions, it's like, oh, there she go. And then I have nothing. I lost my cars. I lost my home. I'm living with my mom. I'm sharing a bed with my daughter, my old childhood bed. Like, how do I show my face? What do I do? Am I going to let the embarrassment take control of me? And I decided immediately, you know what? Nobody's going to beat me to this embarrassment. I'm just going to put it out there. Y'all, I lost everything. Watch how we about to come up, though. Mm. And I took everybody through it as I'm thinking this through. I literally posted about my every move. Some of you guys feel like, oh, let me hold this to my chest until it's done. That didn't work for me. Sharing the journey and creating content that exposed the truth about what was happening in my life and what I was building. At that time, my first that business was a clothing store. You know, just sharing that journey is what really took it to the next level. So I want you to write down right now. What are three types of content you can create? Most of you won't have employees right now. So that part won't matter. What are three types of cre content that you can create that are relevant to your business model? Write them out. Is it behind the scenes content? Is it educational content? Do people, people love to see my behind the scenes. So I show it. They like to see David's behind the scenes. So he shows it. Is it your educational content where you're giving game? Here are the three ways that you do X, Y, and Z. Is it your motivational content where you're really empowering and impacting other people? One of my favorite types of content is agitation content. I love to agitate the crap out of y'all. I love it. I'm going to call you out in my content. I'm going to make you read this and you're going to be like, oh yeah, this is, this is it. Oh wait. She's talking about me, my feelings hurt. <laughs> because I am going to agitate you to the point where you are going to make a different decision. You're going to make a change. What is the different types of content you can create? Write that out, period. The other thing is I want you to figure out 
the roles that you must play in your company. You don't have the money to hire anybody right now. Take it off the table. Don't ask me how we put a team together. That's not your mission right now. You are your team. Say it with me. I am my team. I am my team. team. If you know that, say it like you mean it. All right. So you are the team right now that's going to get you to your first half million dollars. Do you believe that? I don't feel like you do because nobody said you are. I am my team. And so I want you to write out the roles that you must play every single day. Are you your operations director? Are you your marketing expert? Are you your accounting and payroll person? Are you your content creator? Are you the expert? Write it out right now what has to happen in your business. This is like real, real talk. You can literally go back on my page to 2020 where I made a post talking about just this. I am my everything. I am my everything. Yeah, I was. I, w- I would also share too. Even creating content and like th- like executing this list should probably be an exercise for you in your ability to execute on the list or creating content. You might not have it perfect, but. Let's work on being able to be consistent enough to create something on a consistent basis. And what I found too, ma'am, is that a lot of kids do follow in their parents' footsteps, positive and negative. If you go to, um, if you go to a, an impoverished area, uh, we see a lot of the kids following in the footsteps of the parents. You ever seen somebody say, yo, and, and even successful people today, they always got a story, yo, my dad went to jail, his dad was in jail. I know a bunch of friends who were actually in prison with their father. Or, or we take on the family business, something illegal. Or, or have you ever met those people where I'm a teacher, my mom was a teacher, her mom was a teacher, I'm a nurse, parent was a nurse, her bear was a nurse. I'm an AKA, daughter's an AKA. I'm not, but you know, the same thing, like even down to your sorority. We got to be careful to know what we're showing our kids. And what are you showing them? Are you showing them how to quit? Are you showing them how to start and stop and start and stop? Are you showing them how to blame everybody else? Are you telling them um, how they're, are you bad mouthing their parent in front of them? I, listen, for me, I am very, very intentional about what my children see. Yeah. Even You know, you have a disagreement with your spouse, right? But I'm very careful to show them how, do we, how to handle this particular disagreement. My child has never seen me cuss at my wife, never seen me disrespect my wife. I've never said anything negative to my child about my wife. This is important. We got to like, we got to show them. Yeah. And here's the thing. Uh, Many of us weren't taught by example. We're figuring it out along the way. Guys, I don't, I, I don't come from a perfect background, right? I had some great role models and examples in my life, but I also had some negative ones. And the thing is you get to choose which one you're more attracted to. You get to choose which one you decide to follow. There was a quote. Hold on real quick. In the back, in the back, that little group, Bryn, 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 can Bryn, no, none of that. Everybody sit down because we can hear y'all back there. So no conversations back there. Everybody just come sit down. I know you're like, man, how to hear us up there. It's like everybody in little conversations makes one big conversation. Cool. 
kids crying, I ain't mad at that because I got kids and ain't nothing you can do about it. I'm cool with that, okay? All right, thank you. Go ahead, I'm sorry. There was a quote, I don't remember who said it, but I heard someone say one day from a stage, and this is when I was at my lowest point, I went to a conference, I snuck into this conference, like when somebody was walking in, looking, and they were getting their bag checked, I snuck around them and got in the conference. I know real low life behavior, but I got in, and it changed my life. Low vibrational behavior. Very low vibrational, but I had to get the information right. I heard somebody say, parents, you instill in your kids every single day. You go out there and you tell your kids, you better go to school. You better get, get, get good grades. I expect A's from you. You drop them off at school and then you go back home and you're a failure at home. Meaning you're letting day by day go by that you're not going after your goal. Day by day go by that you're lounging around in bed instead of doing something that you know that you'd be doing. Day by day go by that you're choosing to settle every single day, but you think your words are going to create a shift in your children, right? We have these expectations on our children. Behave. Do well. Don't embarrass me. Be great in life. But then look at your life. Behave. Do well. Don't embarrass yourself. Be great in life. When I heard that, it literally changed the way that I looked at life. I was a person who had recently gone through a foreclosure, had recently gone through a repossession of multiple vehicles, was playing hide and seek in the dark with my daughter, not because we turned the lights out, but because the lights were out. And I'm telling her every single day, go in there and do great. Sit in here and study. You have to study. You have to be great. You have to get these good grades. I'm telling her all these things, but I'm sitting at home feeling sorry for myself, trying to figure out the next step. Everything that I have done had led me to failure in that moment, but my voice is telling my daughter to go out and be great. When I heard that, I realized I had to match the voice that I had for her with the action and the activity that I had for myself. I could no longer tell my daughter, you better go out there and get good, get good grades. You better go out there and do X, Y, and Z if I weren't doing the work first. And literally, that stuck with me. I never stressed her out about a test if she didn't do well on a test. Did I do well on my test? Did I do well on what I was supposed to do that day? Did I prepare? Did I study? Did I turn the TV off? Did I go to bed at the right time? Did I get out there and beat the pavement? Those are the questions that I started to ask myself and literally the principles that I live by now. Like, I'm really, we're not perfect. We don't have a handbook on how to do this. Guys, you have questions that you will ask us and the, the answer from me will always come from what I have specifically experienced. I will never tell you something that I read in a book or I will tell you, I don't know, I read in a book that X, Y, and Z. But what I'm telling you is literally coming from experience. You want your kids to follow in your footsteps. I don't want my daughter to follow in my footsteps. I want her to create her own path. I just want her to realize and recognize the opportunity that she has here with me and find her place in it if that's what she chooses to do long term. Um, the Things have changed. How has life changed for you in the last, let's just say, two years? What's different about David Shan's today that was not true of you two years ago? Um, it, it sounds kind of like politically correct, kind of, but I don't think anything has changed about me or what I do. 
Mm-hmm. I've just been literally doing the same thing. And when you do the same thing, it starts to grow. Mm. I don't think I've, I've done anything differently. I've done the same thing, maybe smarter. I figured out uh, better ways to monetize it because money is more important to me now. It just wasn't important. Like you just do what you can and you know, you, you do what makes you happy and you make enough to be able to be lit. And now I'm starting to think of, okay, how can I do this and just, just further monetize it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I've done anything different and I don't think I've become anything different. Hmm. I still do the same thing. Mm -hmm. At a much higher level though. At a much higher level. At a much higher level. You are Mm -hmm. very different. So immediately I am thinking about now, I I can't even walk through the streets with you without (laughs) people like, Oh bro, I love what you've done for the culture. I watch every episode of Social Proof. But that's not me being different. It's though. very different. It's it's a thing. Oh. Well, because now you are you are a recognizable influencer. Like you've always had influence, but it was in a really small circle. Yeah. And now that circle has turned into like this massive bubble. Yeah. And there are people now who see you as larger than life. Uh yes. Yes. I, I don't I don't I don't get it just yet because I'm the person that introduces people to another person. Mm-hmm. That's all I've done for my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I've, that's why it's, it's kind of, it's kind of strange, but it's inspirational knowing that a regular person, I always look at myself as like a regular person, not in a inspiration. I'm not saying it like to inspire you, but um, I've always just not been the best of anything. Mm-hmm. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools. You don't have the tips. You don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. 
How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal always just been the person mm. who can hey you like me? Cool. But this person over here, they're amazing. Yeah. So that's why we have the podcast and the, the conference that we, uh, that actually the podcast came from was me highlighting everybody else. You just said something. You said, I'm not good at anything. I just do what I I've never do. Been the best. I've never been the best. So I was listening to Jim Rohn this morning. That's our guy. Yes. Yes. I was listening to him this morning. And he was talking about discipline. I was going to come in this morning and uh, do a solo episode to talk about discipline. But, you know, you guys, David has attachment issues. So he had to come in and I'm like, just come on in. Let's talk. That's <laughs> all my friends. <laughs> so I am listening to Jim Rohn. And he says something profound because we will get confused with saying, man, I work so hard. I work so hard. I work so hard. And that's why I'm successful. He broke it down so easily and my whole perspective changed. He said, you are not successful because you work so hard. You are successful because you found something that's easy to do. Mm. What's easy to do is also easy not to do, Correct. right? And you are successful because you work hard at doing the easy to do thing. Uh, that was profound. like, it really was because yeah. I thought about what we do. Yeah. In my business, I'm a business coach. The main functions of my of my company are to take sales calls, enroll people into our program, right. either have students go through an automated course that I've taken time to put together and answer some questions once a week. That's one function of, of my business. My other business, my coaching practice, is to, same thing, take sales calls, enroll clients into the coaching program, and I show up once a week to answer their questions and give feedback. It's easy for me to do yes. with the social proof podcast, with a full transparency podcast, every single Wednesday or Friday, I come to the same building. Yeah. We're either in the social proof studio or in the full transparency studio, sitting in front of a camera. I am recording and I'm talking about topics in my lane 
easy for me to do. We don't study for this. We don't prepare. We've been preparing all our lives, but there's no preparation that goes into this. I show up. I get the hardest thing for me to do to to do this podcast is to decide what I'm wearing (laughs) that day. Right. (laughs) But the hard work is the discipline that I invoke on myself to stay disciplined to do these or to, or to stay consistent at doing these things. The hard work is actually the consistency. Yeah. The hard work are the habits that I create, meaning if I don't show up for the sales calls, we don't enroll clients and I don't have people coming into that program and I can't do that thing that's yeah. easy for me to do. 100%. The success comes from the hard work, which is the discipline and the consistency yeah. and people miss that piece. Think about it. I actually want you to really think about this. Like this is real time, like taking action. What right now can you identify about yourself? And you don't have to say it out loud, but what's that thing that's holding you back from taking that next step or going to that next level, starting your podcast, taking your business to the next level, going into a a new division. Maybe you're doing right now, but you want to be teaching. What's stopping? You're smiling. You already have identified something. And I can relate this back to, David encouraging me to start the Full Transparency podcast. And it took about six months of just really saying, Donnie, you should do it, you should do it, you should do it. Well, most people assumed that my fear was doing a podcast without Dave. And that wasn't the fear. I've always thought that I would be the next Oprah Winfrey, right? Like, give me the mic and a chair, set me up and let me go ham. But when I started to do Social Proof Podcast, and I know everything that goes along with it, I know that one of the dynamics that make us so great is the fact that we are together. And I wasn't afraid of sitting in front of a camera and talking and you know solo episodes, that's not it. Do people wanna see me without Dave sitting next to me? Mm. You never told me that. Yeah, 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 I did. Wow. The dynamic of Dave and Donnie is powerful. Y'all wasn't rocking with it at first, but then you grew to absolutely love it. You love it so much. Now, if we create this separation and it's just Donnie, even though I know what I'm talking about, do you want to see me by myself? That was one thing. That was one fear that I had to get over in order to do it. The second thing was knowing me and my level of procrastination, am I going to stick with this to deliver episodes week after week after week? Do I wanna give myself another task that forces me to challenge myself in an area that I have struggled in all my life? That meant that in order to do this, in order to execute on it, I had to face a challenge and correct it. I have to show up because now we've put it out and if I miss an episode, which won't happen, you guys are holding me accountable and then I'll lose viewership because it's like, oh, okay, she was consistent, now she's not anymore. If David and I didn't put out the Social Proof podcast every single week, we weren't consistent, we didn't show up for ourselves, you would find someone else to watch. So there's two things with this new idea and I'm saying it this way because most of you, raise your hand if you already have a business. Keep your hand raised if there's a new direction that you know you need to go into in your business. Put them down if you don't. 
All right, so most of you already have an existing idea, but you know there's something you should be doing, whether it's starting your own podcast, whether it's building your authority so that you can become a coach or a consultant, whether it's you know now that you need to stop just trying to let ads sell for you and you actually need to take sales calls. You're afraid to get on that phone. You don't think you know what to say, but you're not preparing for it. You're instead hiding and running from it so you never get to confront that fear fear, that thing that's uncomfortable for you, I want you to take a note right now. If you're taking notes on paper, I want you to write down three things, three things that have consistently shown up and held you back from going to another level. There's this challenge again. Sometimes it's procrastination. Outside of the outcome of the thing, I think we got to first focus on our ability to actually do something consistently. And it, it, it shows up across the board in everything that you do. So you might think, well, I don't like doing social media. And when I make a video, it don't really hit or my posts, nobody's engaging. And that might stop you. But you don't realize that your ability to go through that down market is, is, is showing up in your ability to go through when nobody's buying. Because how you do anything is how you do everything, right? You've heard yeah. that? So like we need to have an exercise of actually being able to do it. And once that, that year, 2021, that year we focused on making the first million dollars. The year before, I think I might have did like five, mm -hmm. six hundred thousand. The very next year, it was like six X. But it wasn't it wasn't because I did anything outside of what I normally do. I focus on my ability to put a system in place, my ability to execute, my ability to ask someone for the sale, my ability. It wasn't that I, it wasn't like the skill set that I focused on. Mm, wait, that's a C. We're adding a C. Oh, Because you hit two of them right now, and I don't want you to go too far because we're going to. Okay. We're going to formulate this thing on out. We so we hit to them last three. capability, <laughs> capability, okay. focus on your capabilities. Yep. Keep going. I don't know where I was. <laughs> you were focused on your ability to sell and ask for the money. Yeah. So the, the list that we all make, we make the list of all the things that we need to do. Right. But right next to that list, just drive a, a line down the middle. There needs to be a list of all the things we need to improve on as human beings, as people. How's your focus? How long can you sit down, create it, and, and like create a plan on something? How long? Maybe four minutes and it feels like 30. Like looking for an answer for something. How long? You're on, you, you go to a YouTube video, you click one. It's not giving you what you're looking for. You go to another one. And the second time you watch a little less than you watch the first one, then you go to a third one, then you go to Google and then you're done. And then you ask somebody like how long, like that's a flaw. Mm -hmm. How many books have you started and haven't finished? Too many. That's an indication that you're starting businesses and haven't finished. You're starting projects and haven't finished and you just buy another one and you start that one and not buy it. And so somebody gives you another recommendation for a book and you buy that one and you don't read it. How many courses have you bought that you haven't finished? It's not getting them.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Information. It's your ability to be consistent. It's your ability to complete something. Mm-hmm. That's how you completed something. Mm. Go for it. Prolific. That was the journey that I was on. I wasn't on the journey of (laughs) working on being like better at a thing. I'm working on being a better person. A better person. I think I got a little list of things. Have you ever ever thought about some of the things you want your kid to learn for growing up? Let's make a little list. Okay. I got, I got one. One thing that, uh, that I 100% want my child to do or learn is consistency. I want my child to see me doing the same thing for a long period of time. So it was, it was just so dope that uh, I forgot what we were talking about. But my daughter was there, and I, was, I think I was trying to prove to my, uh, my family that I work hard, I think. It was a, we had a bunch of people in our house that lived there. <laughs> Word, it's mad people. But I'm like, yo, um, I'm like, yo, I, I started out with, yo, I get up at 6.30 every morning, I started talking, and then Corey, who's my 12-year-old daughter, y'all know Corey? Y'all know Corey, okay. She was like, yeah, he do get up at 6.30 every morning, I see him. That really stuck with me, though. It seems like a passing by, oh, I just noticed it, she's like, oh, yeah, I see it. But I realized, yo, she sees that. It's not like I wake her up, because she gotta go to school. It's not like I'm, I'm saying, hey, it's 6.30, look at me. I wake up at 6.30 every single morning, hit the snooze button once. What? You judging me? Okay, yeah, we talked about it. I hit the snooze button once, and then I get up, and then I go in Sarai's room, and I start reading. That's my morning routine. Every now and again, she'll walk, and she'll see me reading, doing the same thing every single day. What do you think that does for her? It at least shows, wow, my dad is committed to something. My dad has a routine, and hopefully, hopefully, maybe she goes to college and maybe she does, you know, some other things that she wants to do with her life, but she remembers that, yo, I'm going to get up at the same time every day to make something of myself. Maybe this is a key of success. So one thing I would definitely want to teach my kids is consistency. I literally got a a DM yesterday from a guy who is doing well in business. But he, he, he sent me a message and said, yo, Dave, I need your help, bro. He said, the last couple of years, my offer has been working. Like, I've been making so much money. He said, but this year, it's hard getting people to open up the budget. He said, yo, I'm really struggling. He said, I'm at a point where I'm about to quit. I don't know if I got to quit, go get a job, or what. And what was interesting is, for one, I told him, well, congratulations. You're at a crossroad that every entrepreneur goes through. Yes. Anyone has been successful. They've thought to themselves, yo, this is hard. Mm-hmm. This is tough. It's not working out the way I thought it was going to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, you have to go through that. And two, I told him, I said, I don't know why you think. Why did, I didn't tell him this part, but I'm telling you all. I don't know why he thinks he has to either quit his business 
and get a job or struggle in his business and forego getting a job. Mm-hmm. Meaning in his mind, he didn't consider I'm going to have to go get a job to supplement the thing that I'm doing. Yeah. So stopping should never come up mm, in your you. mind. Slowing down sometimes. So mm-hmm. can I tell a story? Yeah. I'm going through my favorite story. I think I wrote it in my book too. I'm going through me and Brandon, Brandon Abrams. Uh, we were coming from Florida. He lived in Jacksonville, Florida to Atlanta. It's pouring down raining, heavy rain. Like you can't even really see it. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't see it in front of you. And we see these cars lined up along the road with their hazards on smart people pull over, stop and wait for the rain to subside. Right. Mm-hmm. Literally, while I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, maybe we should like stop and pull over. This is this is crazy. But I'm like, nah, we'll just go a little slower, put our hazards on, and we'll we'll be good. Literally, maybe two minutes into that drive, it's dry. No rain mm-hmm. at all. It's like this side of the street pouring down raining. This side, no rain at all. <laughs> it was the wildest thing. So as we start driving, like, oh, cool. It was only two minutes out. I start thinking about all those people that pulled over with their hands on. They just stopped. They didn't know. Slowing down is necessary sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Just slow down. But we still got to keep moving. I never forgot that. Because I'm thinking, yo, I wonder how long they're going to sit there until the rain stops. So the yeah. world stops hitting them. And you just stop. Yeah. How much time are you going to take? How much time that are you going to stay in this same place? That is really profound because that's actually a metaphor. It's symbolism for how much, how easy it is for people to just stop and stay in the same place, like in their lives. Like at that moment, you're driving, you're in traffic and people like stop instantly. They yeah. see a little obstacle. They see a little rain yeah. on the, on the path on, in the journey. They don't want to get wet. <laughs> They don't want to get wet. They see a little cloudiness come on their windshield. Even though you've got tools in your vehicle to help you get through, they don't want to activate that because the easy thing to do is just to stop and wait for change to come. Jim Rohn also said this morning, he said, um, he said that someone asked him because his philosophy is that success is easy, right? Because you're building success around something that's easy for you to do. And someone asked him, well, if success is so easy, how come everybody isn't successful? And he's like, well, because, again, what's easy to do is also easy not to do. And the problem with most people is that they don't seek change. They wait for it. Mm -hmm. So those people who were on that journey with you and Brandon that day on the road, they were waiting for the clouds to open up. They were waiting for the sun to come. They were waiting for the rain to go. You, however, you and Brandon decided, well, we're not going to wait for this change. Yeah. We're going to use the tools that we have. For sure. We're going to use the instinct that we have, and we're going to keep navigating through this journey that doesn't look great, yeah. but we are going to drive until the weather changes. Yes. Yo, and you know what I, I thought about too is as I'm driving, there are some people that are on the side of the road. Logically, that's the right decision to make. Yes. And they're looking at me driving slowly, and they're probably thinking, why would they endanger themselves? themselves? Yeah. Why are they, like, they're so dumb. Look how, they're probably saying, people always in a rush, always impatient. They Mm -hmm. need to pull over like us. Mm. They're probably throwing stones at us for moving forward, because in their mind, this is the only option. I've got to stop. 
You oh, I got I chills. This brings me to like just listening to this. This whole story could really be this whole conversation 100%. because that that brings me. So I get it. I I fully understand why people stopped. Yeah. It's the easy thing to do, and I also I also agree that they're right. But I also get why you kept going. It was an easy decision for you to make, and I think that you're right. This brings up in me immediately, like when you're talking to other people and taking advice of other people who hadn't yet experienced the journey. Now you've been through a journey like that where, you know, maybe two miles down the road, the the forecast could be very different. And so you're qualified to give some advice. Hey, well, a few years back, this is what I did. Let me share something with you. We have our list of things we're afraid of, right? Look at the list. That list is comprised of things that hasn't even happened yet. It's not like we had a bully, right? I remember being afraid of a bully that, yo, if the bully beat me up, I'm afraid of that person, right? But for the most part, as we get older, we don't really face bullies like that. We face a bunch of stuff that hasn't even happened yet. Look at it. Okay, I'm afraid of saying no. What's the word? What what will happen if you say no? I mean, nothing. I'm afraid of failure. Well, what will happen if you fail? Let me show. Let me tell you how I got over that. And it was like a it was a realization that I had. Like, dang, everything I'm afraid of hasn't even happened yet. I, there's no reason for me to be afraid of it. It hasn't even happened yet. So I'm thinking, man, I'm making good money on my job and I started this t-shirt business and I'm making money on the t-shirt business. And I'm like, man, I need to quit my job. But I was a what? I was afraid, I was afraid. And I really had to sit down and think and I was like, okay, what am I really afraid of? What am I really afraid of? And I write down, quitting my job, going broke, it doesn't work. And I said to myself, If I quit the Cheesecake Factory and I go full time with my business, if that business doesn't work, I'll have to go back and work at the Cheesecake Factory. That's something to be afraid of, right? But think about it. In the moment I'm saying it, I'm currently working at the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) My biggest fear was to quit and have to come back to where I am today. Isn't that crazy? My biggest fear is like what I'm doing right now and I'm already doing it. (laughs) That's what pushed me over the edge. And I said, oh, well, worst thing that could happen is I'll be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. What is there to fear? So think about it. You guys are afraid of failure, but you probably wouldn't call yourself a success now, right? In terms of business, because if you were, you wouldn't be going after the business. Does that make sense? So like, not making money in the business is your fear, but you're not making money in the business now. So at least let's go through learned experience. Let's like, maybe we can make a couple of dollars. We can learn something. We can at least go after something so that our grandkids, we can sit around. And one of my biggest fears was like having my, my kids and my grandkids sit around and I have no stories to tell. Or they can point at me and say, he didn't try. Mm. Nobody will ever say he didn't go for it. And I doubled out. So it it had to be some point between 2010 and 2012. There was some sort of like 
snow ice storm in Atlanta. I was living on 2012. Of, was it 12? Yep. I was stuck in it for 18 hours. Me. Wow. Mm-hmm. In my car, ran out of gas. Goodness gracious. Anyway. Go I ahead. remember, was it 12? It was 12. Because there was another one that had to be. It wasn't 15, so bad. Maybe twenty twelve was bad. It was fifteen or sixteen. That was bad too. Twenty twelve, I remember because I just started working at the condo building that I live in now. I was working there at oh, first, wow. and they would not. We got all the warnings about this storm coming mm-hmm. later that day, and we're texting like, "Do we need to come into work?" And they're like, "Yeah, it should be fine." And we come into work, and um. Maybe two or three hours into work, they're like, okay, you guys need to go home. And I'm like, great. So now you want us to go out and risk our lives. And I literally lived 11 minutes from where I worked at that time, but I was stuck on the road for Mm -hmm. 18 hours, couldn't get through. So, yeah, I remember that one. All right, then it was 12. And at this point, I'm I'm living on Windy Hill, and I'm working at the Cheesecake Factory on Perimeter Mall. Perimeter Mall. And we had, uh, I think I was off that day. But my, no, 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 no. I had to go to work that day. But my manager called and said, yo, I want to, are you coming? Because we're open. <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, man, this is an out. I don't have to go to work today. Yeah. But I was broke and I needed some money. Yeah, and the first was coming up or so, something came up that I, I needed some money. So I'm like, yo, I can be in my feelings. I feel like just staying here mm-hmm. and just chilling. But I remember I got on the road, and I think I might have called my mom or somebody. It was like, yo, it's dangerous. Don't go, don't go. I'm like, yo, but I need this bread. Yeah. So I start driving. I get on the road slowly. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about getting there on time. I'm just worried about getting there. Mm-hmm. So I'm so, it's ice on the ground, all that kind of stuff. Only a couple cars on the road, and we're driving. And I get to work, and there's not a lot of people there. And I'm yeah. like, man, this looks like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, that a lot of people didn't come in and it's valid. You not coming to work, but not a lot of people can go anywhere, but around there, there are a lot of hotels. Mm. So there was some CEOs and people who got some real paper staying in these hotels. So it's me and like a couple of us. So I remember some of the managers were acting as servers because we were so short staffed, but it was jumping in there. That was the most money I've ever made that day, that day. Wow. And like these, these scenarios always ring in my head, man, if I just get there, Mm -hmm. there's always going to be some sort of conditions and I'm not mad at someone for slowing down. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go to speed limit. I could slow down, take my time. I got my music. I'm listening, slowing and getting there. And then I got there. And that's why, that's why I never stop because I know. Mm-hmm. that eventually once I get to the mark, if I just, if I'm in the place where I'm supposed to be, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And magic happens there, especially because yeah. most people didn't come to work that day. You know, it sounds so perfect in hindsight, Oh yeah. but sure. in the moment, I know in, in moments for me and moments for you and in moments for everybody who's watching this right now, it's like, yeah, I hear you, but right now I've got this going on. Yeah. I've got, rent that I haven't been able to pay yet. I've got a spouse that's not supportive. I've got family who don't support and they hear us and they're inspired. But in that moment, what was it for you that said, I'm not even considering hindsight Mm -hmm. right now. It's cold outside. It's dangerous. Everybody's telling me not to go, but I'm going anyway. What was that like driving force that said, get up and do it anyway? 
um, probably when I was a kid, all of my friends, like, you, it had to be real bad snow in New Jersey for us to not to go to school, right? For sure. But we're reading the little numbers on the bottom, and wow, our number comes up. Oh, we don't got to go to school. It's cool. So we call our friends. The, the The number one thing that you do up north on a snow day is you get your friends together. Y'all play football because you can play tackle in the streets. You know what I mean? You play football, right? We're just, we're just outside. Something told me to get my shovel and go shovel snow. I'm like, dang, I really don't want to do this, but maybe I'll early enough, I'll shovel snow, make some money, then come back and play with my foot, my, my friends play football with them and I'll be good. So this is another moment as a child. I take some time to do something that I don't want to do, mm-hmm. but I get the reward and chances are like they don't come out until later anyway. Yeah. So I got to make the money and go play football. Mm-hmm. I got so many scenarios where I went through something that I didn't want to go through, Mm -hmm. which now it's easier because I can pull from those references. So the reason someone's saying, well, it sounds easy is because you haven't tried it. Not once Mm. you don't have any experience of going through anything your whole life. You quit, you quit, you quit, you quit. And now when you see somebody enduring something, you're like, Oh, well, it's easy for you. No, what's pushing me through that is, the countless scenarios when I went through the pain and it was okay at the end, everybody that's ever went through something, mm. it's always been okay at the end. Mm. Going through a divorce, a breakup, it's been bad for people, right? But if you sit and you get depressed and you let your feelings take over, well, it'll be bad forever. But once you get up and say, all right, y'all, I'm about to start working on me. And yeah. after breakups, I think that what's the formula? You cut your hair, you yeah. go vegan. <laughs> You get in the gym. Go get back in your spiritual bag. You know what I mean? Huh, this is sounding really <laughs> this is sounding really familiar. But on the other side You change your hair, you get in the gym, uh, you start watching what show. you're eating, you do your spiritual stuff. So this year I, I got braids and I hadn't had braids in seven years. I've been working out consistently all year, yep. definitely watching what I eat. How do you feel? I did go on a spiritual fast. How do you um feel? I feel amazing, but I was just thinking it was necessary as you're as you're telling this story. I am thinking about people who say things like I was born for this. Mm. And I don't know, like, I think maybe you'll hear me say it one day in the future. I can't say I'll never say that again, but it's not that I think we were all born for this. We were all born with the promise of achieving goals and dreams and acting yeah. on purpose. Right. But instead of born for this, as I'm listening to you, I'm like thinking, Wow. I was really built for this. Mm. It was the journey. Like I was struggling at first between the words between built and developed. And I'm thinking like, what's the difference between the definitions of built and developed, developed, right? Well, you can build a development, you can develop a building. So they kind of are synonymous, but born is something that I hear people. Oh, I was born for this. Yeah. We were all born for this, but were you built for this? Mm. Meaning did you, embrace your journey and you went through that that thunderstorm right and did you recall that moment did you go back to your childhood where you're shoveling snow and now as an adult you have an option to navigate an opportunity through the slow through the snow like did you just allow life to happen to you or did you allow life to build you Mm. built for this a hundred percent 
And that's the only way you get built for it is if you got to face some stuff that's uncomfortable. Yeah. You have to. There's no other. And if you haven't, if you don't have the stories yourself, you got to be able to draw from some people who do have the story. That's why stories are so important. Like you tell your story often about kind of going in the house and the kids are the the kids are or losing your house and the kids are fighting over your daughter's room. Mm -hmm. That moment, Mm -hmm. that story helps you. But for the person who didn't go through that, the story helps them to say, oh, wow, Donnie went through that. Yeah. Great. Right. But we ha- we have to understand that everything is going to be OK on the other side. If you don't understand it, you'll never get through anything. Yeah. You just got to keep walking. And even when it's not OK, it's OK. It's going to be OK. Yeah. Like you don't always get the result that you want. I yeah. don't always get the result that I want. If I got the result that I wanted all the time, life would look very different for me right yeah. now. But I am still okay. I was doing a live yesterday. And when I said my age, you know, people do what they do and they couldn't believe how old I was. And somebody asked me, how do you maintain your youthfulness? Like, how do you still look so young and vibrant? Right. Take them young boys. Yeah. You know what? I get approached by like 25 year olds. Sir, my daughter is 21 years old. There is no way. Um, but I, but I've given this a lot of thought because I don't use expensive products. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. go in for Botox and fillers and all of that. I, I I believe because I just have a different perspective. Like I am different. I have people around me who, when I talk about some of my hardship and talk about some of the challenges in the journey, they'll say, you know, in order to comfort me and Mm -hmm. they'll say things like, Oh, well, be careful. You don't have to work so hard. You don't have to do so much in the gym. You don't have to stay up so many nights, you know, so many hours in the night. And it's like those people, because they love me and they care for me, they're trying to highlight my out. Right. Mm. And when I hear that, it frustrates me in real time. And I'm like, I don't want you to highlight my out. I just want you to support my stay. Yeah. Right. My fight, what Mm. I'm doing. And my perspective is different. Like, I don't see things as really obstacles. I see them as opportunities. When I see things that happen, and I'm not just talking about in business, I'm talking about in relationship, I'm talking about as a parent. When I see things that in the moment didn't feel good, I always look at it as an opportunity, something that I get to resolve, something that I get to learn from. And sure, it doesn't always feel good in the moment, but that mindset has brought me true peace and happiness, like true joy. There are painful moments that I have experienced in my life, but not a single one that has ripped out my joy, right? And I think that happiness is a cheat code for youth. And I encourage anybody, yeah, I, I encourage anybody and everybody to really get to the core, to the root of what happiness is for you. I will turn away opportunities. I will move a little slower than you want me to because every step of the way I have to make sure, am I going to be happy doing this? That's really, really, really important because I need to be 70 looking 40, Mm -hmm. right? It's really, really important because I want to be valuable while I'm here. And when you spend so much of your life being unhappy you really aren't any value to anybody. You can't perform. And I I think that's a cheat code for sure. Um, Entrepreneurship is not easy. Entrepreneurship is not easy, but rewarding for sure. Very rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, 
I thought at one point I would be an entrepreneur that tried to be a successful entrepreneur his whole life and it never worked. You thought at one point you would be an entrepreneur that tried to be an entrepreneur that never got tried success. to be a successful entrepreneur and was never successful. Like you just try and try and try and try and fail and fail and fail and fail. Mm -hmm. And I just had this vision that it would never work out for me. But I would say it. I would. I would. I would give my. You know my. It's got to work or it's got to work. Yeah. Or I give my, um, I know if I just keep pushing, it's going to work out. But deep down inside, <laughs> I really thought to myself that there is a cheat code to success and only certain people are allowed to have it. Hmm. And then I go into my spiritual mode of some people aren't designed to have success. And maybe this isn't what uh, I'm supposed to have for my life. Mm -hmm. And then you go into the phase of, well, money's not all that important anyway. Mm -hmm. And these are all the things that were going on through my journey of uh, entrepreneurship. And yeah. I know a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. So I always knew I would be successful. But what successful looked like for me in the beginning was very different than what success looks like now. Explain that. So at first, success only looked like just having the ability to work and not have to go to somebody else's job. Mm -hmm. So I just needed to replace my full-time income. I didn't even need to replace my full-time income. Honestly, I just needed my business to make enough money to pay my bills. Yeah. And, um, when that started to happen, I honestly thought that was success mm -hmm. and I was going to be fine with that. It was going to be like, you know, at this time I'm referencing my clothing stores and I was just going to be like the neighborhood clothing store on the block. And then, you know, you have one emergency that happens just like a, a job and you realize, oh, I need OK, I need to make at least a thousand dollars more than, you know, yeah. what it what it takes to cover my bills. But then as time will go on, it's like six figures is the goal and then multiple six figures is the goal. I didn't know that I would ever make seven figures. I just always knew I would be successful. If you like the video that you just watched, click this one. You're going to like this one, maybe even more. Click it right now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.